Popcorn Boys! We're coming in hot! We are coming at you live from Culver City, California. With me is Daniel Trainer. I oh wait, I messed up. I am Kyle Jameson. <laughs> what With were you me is Daniel Trainer. I, I do my name first usually. Yeah. Which I is said, what you just did. No, I did your name first. No, you didn't. I did your name and then I said, Oh, I messed up, and then I put it back oh, okay. in the correct order. Wow. Also, a roaring start. God, imagine saying your name first. Well, you know, many people have asked me, why does why does he say his name first? You're sort of like the star of the show. It's also alphabetically correct. Well, I mean, one of us is first build. And I say, you know what? Let him have his fun. Okay? <laughs> Let him have his fun. And Daniel. Yeah? Have you ever played tennis? <laughs> Well, as somebody who went to tennis camp oh, no, multiple really? summers. Yeah. Tennis camp. Oh, yeah. Get me out of that hardcore, baby. I'll smoke you right off. <laughs> okay. That was unnecessarily sexual. I'll smoke yeah, you. All right. Hardcore. I'll smoke you off the court with those balls. <laughs> um, The two movies we're going to be discussing this week. Are both about tennis. That's the entire plot of both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a regular Rick Macy, are you, at that, at that <laughs> tennis camp? Sorry, sorry, that joke is 45 seconds late as I was looking up the characters. Rick, you're looking up Rick Macy, person's yeah. name. Yes, that's correct. I mean, I'm a regular Rick Macy in the fact that I wish I looked as good in shorts as John Bernthal. Well, you should get his haircut as well. The haircut did not work at all, but, <laughs> you know, the rest of it. I could overlook the top for the bottom, you know what I mean? Hey, now. Um... So before we dive into the, the, this week on on the uh, on the popcorn boys, yeah, we will be discussing the best actor and best supporting actor races as they stand now. Yes. Now to give that some uh, some context, Daniel and I have seen two movies in the last few days. Yeah. That uh, contain really the two current favorites for best actor. Yep, I think that that's correct. Those movies are King Richard and maybe the maybe the maybe the favorite for best supporting actor as well. Right, right. Those movies are King Richard and The Power of the Dog. Yes. Which we'll get into momentarily, but before we do, it's time for your weekly box office. We do need to get you some of the week. We do need to get you a theme song here or like some I just music. Sang it. Yeah, no, no, I just sang it. Okay, so that, do I don't know if you heard me, again? but I just sang it. Can you do it clean so I'm not talking over you? I think I've we'll done do it this. clean the last like three weeks. Yeah, I, I forget. Listen, I, I forget everything that happens on the show as soon and as I close the lockdown. Now it's time for your weekly box. Oh, that's too many. Oh syllables. yeah, that's a re- no. That sounds great. No, that's great. I'm gonna cut that, and that's gonna be the new theme song every week. <laughs> Recap of the week. Ah. <sighs> uh, so that's a, yeah. That's just hoorah. Just a little sound at the end there, you know to to hoorah. Is that Stolen Valor? Yes. Um, all right. Uh, do we have a box office update this week? Let's see. Yeah. You're, yes, we no, certainly do. I don't think we need one. All right. Daniel's in first place with uh, $1.6 billion. Kyle's mm. still crawling towards that $1 billion mark at $918 million, But the reinforcements are on their way. Starting tomorrow with Resident Evil. <laughs> Welcome to Raccoon City. And if you're look, if you're not spending your Thanksgiving out at the theater seeing Resident Evil, Welcome wait, you know what I just City. thought about? We saw a raccoon. We just saw a raccoon. And what a what an omen! Is that viral marketing? Yeah. Do you think they They're let releasing? loose a bunch of raccoons <laughs> around different neighborhoods? Unbelievable! That raccoon. Raccoons. He was cute. 
Raccoons? I don't know why. I think I've just had so many bad experiences. Remember that one I had at so your... So many bad experiences. I have. You've never had a bad experience with a Do raccoon. Do you remember the time at your apartment when I could not leave? You were being dramatic. Kyle, there were 10 raccoons outside your door. So what? I'm not going out there. They were, they were I like... didn't feel welcome in Raccoon City. <laughs> well, you shouldn't. Meanwhile, anyway. um, the first of my two rants for the week. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I'm sure there's only going to be two. Go on. Is beginning now. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out this past weekend. Yep. And there's a conspiracy on our hands, folks. <laughs> the box office reporting claims that this movie opened to $44 million this weekend. Yeah, I don't at, see the issue. At the time of recording, it's up around 47 almost $48 million. Mm-hmm. It's... it's it's not true. What do you have against marshmallows? It's not true. What do you have against the sexiest man alive? There is zero chance that this movie has made over $40 million. Zero. Absolutely no one has seen this movie. No. Nobody is talking about it whatsoever. There's been a couple ads on TV, but you know, not a massive marketing campaign. Absolutely no one. Anecdotally... I, there has not been a single mention in my life outside of this podcast. Not uh, not a single one from anyone in my life that is where – not at work, not, you know, at the coffee shop. The coffee shop. Not while I'm uh, getting pizza, not while I'm out for a run. No. <laughs> now, when you're doing these – Not like, a single mention of Ghostbusters When you're doing these life. things, when you're at the coffee shop – when you're getting pizza, when you're out for a run, do you, are you routinely just hearing people say, oh, you know, I mean, last night when I saw uh, Free Guy. There, there's been more, I mean, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City has come up. Where? All right, well, not really, At New but, York Bagel and Deli? <laughs> oh, what a great spot. Shouts. Whatever. Guys over there. Yeah, listen. This rant, whatever you want to call it. Have I heard one person ever mention this movie? Absolutely not. Am there's I just sure no way this, it's made for? There's no way it's made forty million dollars. Am I sure lie. that this movie even exists? Not really. It would be interesting to buy a couple tickets to Ghostbusters Afterlife and go sit in that theater and see what happens when the movie comes on. Because I don't think it is Ghostbusters Afterlife. They're just playing one of the original Ghostbusters. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps sliced with some Stranger Things, right? Yeah, or uh, or the uh, the Ghostbusters reboot from There's a few a years TikToks ago. Talks in there. Is Melissa, Melissa McCarthy in this movie? What I do you don't think? believe so. I think she is if you actually sit down and watch it in the theater. She might be. Well, there's only one way to find out. Listen, just, you're just jealous because I drafted this. It made so much money. You know, get it, on with your life. Get on with your life. The only time it's come up at all in the world is because. Their marketing team apparently paid People Magazine to have Paul Rudd be oh. named Sexiest Man Alive. Are you or, saying or Are you saying he doesn't deserve it? Of course he doesn't deserve it. Everybody loves Paul Rudd. He's not the sexiest man alive. Who is? You know what we're going to... I mean, unfortunately... I, hey, I hate to break this to it's you. It's Tom Brady! <laughs> I hate to break this to you. The people's sexiest man alive is very rarely the sexiest man alive. This is probably one of their best picks. <laughs> are you are you bringing up their Of course, it's my homepage. <laughs> like who is people's sexiest man alive is my homepage. Paul Rudd is cute. 
Paul Rudd is all, not the sexiest man alive. Paul Rudd is 52 years old. All right, hold on. He We're, might as well be dead. He's 30, Ant-Man. Yeah! Yeah! Everybody loves Ant Man. Ant Man is not sexy. Do you Ant-Man know who the is Do you know who the first entertaining Ant Man is? Funny. He's quirky. He's oh, the, I'm yeah. sorry. Now see, you're buying into the traditional definition of sexy. Some of us think fun and quirky is sexy. Okay, that's why Pete Davidson. That's why Pete Davidson. Oh God, Pete, Pete Davidson's going to be sexiest man alive next year. I'll Ugh. bet you a million dollars. Ugh. I'll bet you a million dollars. No one has ever been less sexy than Pete Davidson. We know who was in 1985. People's sexiest man alive. Wait, let me guess. Sylvester Stallone. The first one ever. (laughs) Well, you're not far off. Uh, Richard Gere. Mel Gibson. Oh, yes. Let's go. I'm not going to run all of these down. Also, it's very funny. In 1988, it was just John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh. Should be Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden should be sexiest man alive. Why isn't he? Eric Trump. <laughs> 1992. Nick What's Nolte. The youngest it's Trump also name? very mean that they show the cover and then them now. Oh, ouch. The Nick Nolte one Ooh, is particularly tough. Wait, what's uh, the youngest Trump's name? Ooh, this who's is nine, The one who's nine feet tall? Don Jr.? No, the one who's nine feet tall. Oh, Baron. Baron, yes. Baron Trump. So he's going to be the sexiest. Baron listens to this podcast. Did you know that? <laughs> I did, actually. He tweeted. Oh, did you know? God, see, he, this is, I mean, this could be the whole show. But in 1993, they uh, did Sexiest Couple Alive. Ugh. And I have to say, do not know or did not know that this was a couple. Ooh. And not only they were married. Does everybody know this? Mm, give me. Well, well I'll, give you, me one. I you guess. already mentioned him. Richard Gere. Oh. Who, who was Richard Gere married to? I don't know if I knew this. There, I mean, I must have known this at some point in my life, but seeing this, it, it's not, it makes no sense staring at this. Uh, I don't know. Michelle Richard, Pfeiffer or something. Richard Gere was married <laughs> to Cindy Crawford? Oh, I think I did know that. I don't remember that. They were married for one year. I remember huh. none of that. Wow. Brad Pitt, Denzel, Clooney, Harrison Ford. Oh, some of these covers I remember having. And I kept them <laughs> under the Betty Bye. Richard Gere. Oh, oh, Brad Pitt won again. Brad Pitt. I like how I say one. Uh, 95 Brad Pitt. And then 2000 Brad Pitt. Wow. Iconic. By the way, Clueless. Uh, uh... Well, he looks the same in Clueless as he does now. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. He really hasn't aged, huh? Brosnan. Affleck, Depp, Law, McConaughey, Clooney again, Damon. You want to complain about Paul Rudd? Matt Damon. What year was that? 2007. I don't know what he was promoting then. Uh, After his third born. Yeah. Yeah. Jackman, Depp again, Reynolds. Hugh Jackman. That's Hugh Jackman. It has never been the sexiest man alive. What? I refuse to believe it. Are you insane? Hugh you Jackman? Yeah. Hugh Jackman should win every year. That's terrible. What are you what are you talking about? Hugh Jackman is sexy in the greatest showman, but that's about okay, it. You're not getting me to watch it. Depp, Reynolds, Cooper, Tatum. And we really start going off the rails in 2013. Adam Levine. 2014, we're back on the rails. Chris Hemsworth, who should win every year. We're back on the rails. 2015. Yeah, okay. Chris Hemsworth, that's actually perfect. Beckham. 
2016, The Rock. What year was Beckham? Oh, and this is where we're, we are. The Rock. I know, Beckham that's in terrible. 2015. That feels weird. Yeah, that's like 10 years. When today. did he and Posh, remember that was such a big deal? Do you remember that? When he what? and Posh came to the States? Yeah, that was, that was like, I want to say 2000. Is that the biggest moment in American history? Six. 2016, The Rock. 2017, a year that shall go down in infamy as being the year where Blake Shelton was the sexiest oh. man alive. Just, just absurd. There are no words. Was there a one-person voting panel? Yeah, it was Gwen Stefani. 2018, <laughs> Idris Elba. Great. 2019, John Legend. John Legend. Oh, 2020. Uh, how, I almost forgot that they did this. I mean, this is, we're back on the rails, baby. 2020, Michael B. Jordan. I mean, there's no other choice. And then Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is one of the least offensive choices on that list. I mean, he is. <laughs> That's uh, no. Anyway, I, look, I feel like I'm coming across anti-Paul Rudd. No, Paul I get, Rudd. I get what you're saying. I'm just, you know, congratulations to Paul Rudd and the Ghostbusters family. Uh, but like, and I include myself in that for the big opening weekend. Chris Hemsworth is, is, you know, he's the sexiest man alive. Not Paul. Rudd. Oh yeah. Yeah, agreed. Chris Hemsworth was, the, was even in the last Ghostbusters movie. I know. God, he was good in it too. <laughs> Um, <laughs> was he? I didn't. I never saw. It. Oh well, we won't dig into that, will we? I didn't see this one either. You probably will. No, this movie doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, good point. Anyway, anyway uh, congratulations, that's, that's Paul and the rant. family. We first did rant it. Of the show. One more upcoming. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for rant number two later. Oh God, what is that going to be about? Uh, but so yeah, Daniel has a lead of nearly seven hundred million dollars. Hark the herald sing two exactly coming up here we go let's go uh speaking of the box office um another movie came out this past weekend yes it did it is called queens serena and v- oh no no, no sorry. it's, it's a, called king oh, it's richard it's kyle. called king richard i'm sorry kyle see i thought we were making a movie about venus and serena williams but don't Please. We let's decided, not, yeah, let's, not, that. let's make a movie about their dad. Let's not wade into that. People are going <laughs> to think you're being serious with this critique. Oh, I love it. Um, King Richard uh, did one of these uh, simultaneous releases in theaters and on HBO Max. Opened to just over $5 million for the weekend. Uh, a very disappointing box office number. Now... Uh, of course, that number can be spun in any number of ways by Warner Bros. Sure. Should they so choose by just saying, yeah, every everyone in the world watched it on HBO Max three times. So. Well, and I think w- one thing to note here is you and I have been pretty proactive about going to see some of these same-day streamers in theaters. You know, the second movie we're going to talk about we just got back from, and it's going to be on Netflix next week or whatever. But even not like King Richard, we both watched it home. I would have liked to see it in, in uh, theaters, but the it was honestly a matter of convenience this time, and it, it wasn't sure. one that I just like had like I had to see Dune in theaters. Yeah, of course. To name another uh, Warner Brothers one that, that came out on HBO Max, King Richard. King Richard falls I didn't in feel, that. I didn't feel like I was missing just a cinematic experience by not seeing that. And I don't think we did in theaters after having seen it. I don't think we did. I agree. Yeah. You know, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, so uh, much of what we're talking about today is is sort of the state of the Oscar races. And, and, and an interesting thing to talk about, of course, with 
the sort of the the first week floppage of King Richard, at least at the traditional box office, is how much that hurts Will Smith's Oscars chances. Because going into the weekend, he he was probably you know the the undeniable favorite. Uh, although I have to say, um, just a, a bit of a spoiler, I guess. You know, last week on the show we were talking about we're using these awards watch forums as sort of a barometer for where the race stands. Right. They actually had. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch at number one with Will Smith at number two. Just a very slight difference. In my as mind. of uh, today? when you... As of like last week. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, of, yeah. Yes, this was before even the box office. Um, so, but, you know, clearing, you know, clearing away the, the number one and two. There's just a very slight differential between the two. But I think most people would say that Will Smith was certainly the favorite, and if not the clear favorite, then then certainly one of the favorites going into the weekend. And and I just I don't know the answer to what the box office numbers do to his chances. Right. Uh, it, it's an interesting question. Um, like when you think about something, and this, this was a name I wanted to kind of float out a little later in this conversation, but I'll do it now because it makes sense to compare – uh, something so King Richard opened to just over five million dollars. Uh huh. I mean, is it going to make fifteen million total in its run? Well, we'll see. I mean, this is obviously a movie that is going to, I I assume, have a bit of legs. It's family friendly. It's crowd pleasing. We're getting in the holidays. Agreed. And also, it'll be interesting to see what the narrative is just over the next couple weeks. Even from people just watching at home, are people saving this movie to watch with their families at Thanksgiving? Are people sure. going to be watching it this week? So, is it going to stay in the conversation? That's probably even more important than than the box office number. But just for the purpose of comparison. The movie The Green Knight, oh made, sure, made ended up making seventeen million at the box office. Mm-hmm. This movie might end up being smaller than The Green Knight, at Crazy. least domestic box office wise. Yeah, uh, and certainly no one is is proposing uh, Dev Patel. Maybe we should be Kyle. Maybe. Well, we I had him written on my on my extended list of of people who at least deserve a shout out as a, as a potential best actor. Now, obviously, very different types of movies. Um, yes, and obviously, Dev Patel is not Will Smith in terms of of well, the great yeah star power. It's interesting. I mean, the Green Knight had a lot of great buzz surrounding it, and a, sort of a, a very passionate uh, sort of furor around it when it came out. I mean, e- even w- w- made what seventeen? Yes, like that feels, you know, like a great number for that. Especially oh, yeah, if that it, came it, out like no, I, I know that's what you're saying. It, it is a good number, but also you know consider also when it came out. Right, right. It was like right at the start of theaters opening back up. Um, so it's a troubling number for King Richard, and it's which it, it's not to say that like all of these best actor, best actress, Oscar nominees are in movies that do gangbusters at the box office. We we obviously know that's not true. I mean, you know. Anthony Hopkins won for The Father. Francis right. McDormand won for Nomadland last year. But King Richard is a, is a specific type of movie. It's not it's not very traditionally prestige. It, it sort of needs to make some money, I think, because it gets looked at a little bit differently than some of these other things do. I think generally that is correct, but I don't ultimately think it needs to make money. I think they can they can build in this excuse of the of the simultaneous release. Yeah, sure. And ultimately I don't think I mean it certainly doesn't help, but I don't think this hurt it's it's 
takes it down a kind of half peg. It certainly doesn't help. Of course, yes, yes. That it's not a, that it's not a hit. But I think it's. I don't think this craters it by any means. I don't think it craters it at all, and I don't really think it does much to his chances. But it's undeniable that a week ago, um, you know, buzz on King Richard was very good. And now this week it's been like, well, why didn't it make money? And right. so it, it flips pretty quick. And it's, it's, it's hard to get that out of your head, I think. Um, ultimately, do I think it matters that much? Not really. It's Will Smith. Right. With the kind of star power behind it, I think this movie will stick around in the because it's more important for it to stick around in the kind of you know consciousness yes. of the public yeah. rather than you know making any money in particular at the box office as long as it kind of stays relevant I guess yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week with its drop at the box office if people are are kind of watching it if the social media buzz is there you know over the holidays it'll be interesting it'll be interesting should we get into our thoughts yes. on it, and then maybe look at the uh, the best actor race uh, a bit bigger after we uh, after we talk about it. For sure. The one thing I wanted to mention, though, um, yeah. we're we're talking about best actor here, but it's also best picture contender. Oh sure, and uh, also best. I mean, I guess we can talk best supporting actor now a little bit too. Maybe maybe let's talk both movies and then do both categories at the end. Does that sure. Because yeah, yeah. we'll be talking both categories for both movies. Uh, just just in terms of best picture, I think the kind of conversation that we're having around it probably hurts it more there than it does yes. in the actor I category. Think like for I this think to that's have, a good point. Because this was kind of like, you know, certainly on the short list of expected nominees for Best Picture. Certainly. But to have any sort of, you know, outside track to win, it kind of had to like yes. have momentum and build this sort of takeover. I it wasn't expected to be a winner, but like yes. it was kind of a dark horse and it feels like those chances. I think that's a really good point. It, yeah, I think it's Best it's odds to win Best Picture, which were pretty small going into the weekend anyway. I think those are essentially dead. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I still think it's probably looking good for a nomination. Yes, agreed. Certainly. Um, but, yeah, that that sort of narrative that I feel like was maybe building a little bit. Like, could King Richard be this, like, populist Best Picture winner? I, I, I think those those hopes are dead. Yes. Yeah. But um, let's movie. talk about the movie. Uh you want me to go first? You go first. Uh, I'll start this one. Please. Uh, tennis. <laughs> tennis. A lot of tennis. Um, tennis is fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. King Richard. <clears throat> this movie is what, what? What's the runtime on it? It's like two hours and. Uh, Kyle, let me look it up real quick. It says here too long is what it says when I look up King Richard runtime. It says too long. Okay. Uh, two hours and 24 minutes. So, I put this movie on as I was going to bed last night, figuring I'd watch the first half of it, hopefully a little more, and then you know knock out the rest this afternoon when I got home from work. Uh huh. Now I think the biggest compliment I can give this movie—I was going to say the same thing—is that I ended up staying up pretty late and watched the whole thing in one sitting last night, straight through, start to finish, no pauses. Um, you know, I put the movie on and like kind of opened my phone right next to it and I went, hold on, don't do that. Like you can't, yeah. you got to give it a shot. So I put my phone to the side, started watching and just went all the way start to finish. One of my main, uh, this is what I thought you were going to say, but despite me making fun of its, its runtime, it never to me felt long. 
Agreed. I think it kind of earns its length, actually. I don't... Do I think a biopic like this ever needs to be two and a half hours long? No. I think there's a lot of fat to be cut, but it didn't... It didn't annoy me with its length while I was watching exactly. it. Exactly. The movie does not need to be this long, but it doesn't drag. I was never looking at how much time was left like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I like, actually... I never had that moment. I actually checked at one point because I was like, oh, I should probably go to bed. And I looked and I was like, well, it's only 40 minutes left. I could probably yeah. I could probably do this. <laughs> yes. So the runtime ultimately, it's too long, but it, it's I don't think it's a huge detriment to this movie, surprisingly. Agreed. Um, this movie is not perfect it is a would we i think we'd call it a crowd pleaser no oh for sure i mean that's what it's trying to be all right this this movie's a crowd pleaser and it has uh, like we said it moves it doesn't drag i think there are are good performances across the board perhaps even very good in some cases Mm -hmm. um the story of the movie is mostly good my one of my one quibble here is the following. Is this your second rant? No, no, no. This oh, is not okay. my second rant. Okay, okay. Um, this is a, a movie about Venus and Serena Williams becoming tennis stars. It's not well, I, I, really. I know, but uh, the, I mean, that's what we're the story that we're following is them becoming tennis stars. Sure. I know that's not kind of the focus of the narrative itself, but. The my biggest issue with this is the kind of biggest tension once we get through the first act, and the, the first act is 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 Richard Williams uh, struggling in Compton with his daughters, you know, trying to keep them on the right path, keep them motivated, everything. Yeah. Eventually, when we get later in the movie, the biggest struggle is like whether they should accept. Three million dollars, <laughs> or like hold out for some or should, more. Or whether they should accept a bunch of money, or whether they should go pro. Yeah, exactly. Or whether they should like whether play when juniors. exactly you should turn pro. It's like should you dominate in juniors, or should you like dominate? In or the should pros? you not play at all? Which is ultimately what they do. Right, and then yeah. right, and then she I eventually mean, for, for a while, right, right yeah. exactly. But like when it, obviously we all know who Venus and Serena Williams. So I actually go, I had never heard of them. Yeah, for, well, first I was, I wasn't familiar with the names going in. No, I had seen her. I was like, is that wonder woman from that <laughs> commercial with John Serena McEnroe? Williams. I was like, wonder Oh, woman. Serena, wonder woman. And so Serena, I think my, my wonder biggest woman. Serena, wonder woman, <laughs> Serena, wonder Speaking woman, of John McEnroe. Don't get me started on John McEnroe. I have I have thoughts. There isn't enough time on the John McEnroe. Right, I, well, let me finish this thing, and then I want to hear your thoughts. It's not no, they're dumb. No, not on John McEnroe of the on the movie. Oh, okay. Well, they I, I don't John carry your thoughts on John, John McEnroe. Who is in this movie? That, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Oh, sorry, but not John. John oh my McEnroe. God, follow along. John McEnroe played by some dweeb. Yes. John McEnroe playing Pete Sampras. P- yeah, right. Pete Sampras also being played by some dweeb. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Go but on. yeah, so. Like the the there's no real tension as to whether this is gonna work out. Like I didn't remember well, sure. the specifics of Venus Williams's you know first big match as a pro or anything sure. like that. I, I didn't you know didn't realize who she played, but I knew that she pretty much dominated very very early. Yes, and so it was like all right, you know we we kind of know whatever they go with here is gonna work out, and and that's fine. Yeah, but like there's a lot of like third act kind of hemming and hawing about what exactly the best path is. 
and and they do a good job, I think, of tying that to, uh, you know, the the life of the girls and not just their tennis careers. Uh huh. And that's kind of like the, you know, the Richard Williams sort of core values aspect of this. Um, but the, it just le- because you know the story at least you know the result of the story. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to watch a movie and. and you know, if we're doing the Michael Jordan story, it's like, oh my God, he got cut from varsity as, you know, he only made JV his yeah, freshman year yeah, in high school. Yeah, it's like, sure. well, we know it's Michael Jordan, so it's it's gonna work out. So you it's know, tough to ultimately. Where are you going? I was just adjusting. You're gonna mess something up. No, we're fine. Toast, toast, do, toast. We good? Do you know what's toast. interesting? I never really had that thought while watching it. What thought? The we know how this ends up. What is the drama here? Okay. Because. Here's here's the thing with this movie. I think for what this movie is setting out to do, I think it accomplishes everything in spades. I think this is the perfect version of what this movie is trying to be. I, I think I agree, yeah. I, I think, think I it's I think it's a very well-made movie. It's not going to be my favorite movie of the year. I don't think it's perfect by any means. But I think it's quite good. And I think the biggest thing that makes this movie good is the fact that the tennis looks great. Oh my god, that's a great point. This is... I have never seen sports in a movie look better than in this. Movie. I don't know if, I don't. I want to know how they did it. Uh, that's what I was about to say. I don't know if these girls are... The girls who play Venus and Serena are great tennis players. Or if there's just a ton of like... I mean... They're good enough to look. They but they right. swing correctly. They move correctly. It's, now whether or not they're actually painting the lines with every shot, or whether there's some some. But it's not only it's not only there, them. But, it's the match play against these. I don't know who, who they got to to play these these players. You know. Yes. It the tennis looks exceptional. It's one of those almost underrated things about a sports movie is that. It takes you right out of it the second it, something goes wrong like that. Every single, I mean, you know better than anybody. Like if you're watching like a basketball mo- basketball movie and you realize these people have never played basketball, right? And exactly. the people making this movie have never watched a basketball game. Like it's twenty, you know, shots of the scoreboard with the clock running down. Yeah, this is one of those like, things that like because it was so flawless in this movie, I didn't think of it, which is a good thing. It looks I'm not so, supposed to think about. It wow, looks they're so actually good. good at tennis. It's like the best I've ever seen a sport look. In right, because you have to believe these girls who are who are. You know, supposed to be and it's everybody. ten it's and girls. twelve years old or whatever. John Bernthal looks like he knows what he's doing out there. Like Tony Goldwyn, who plays their like first coach, yeah. looks like he knows what he's doing out there. Like a lot of time and care was placed into making the tennis look great. One hundred percent. And it, and they point. nail the aesthetics of it all. Like if you look, I was looking like um, when they meet Nancy Reagan or yes. whatever. I like looked up that the real actual life footage. photo. Yeah, crazy. It's, yeah. I mean, they nail the aesthetics of everything. And well, it, they, they do a little thing in, in the credits yeah. where they show, you know, Richard and Venus and Serena around this age and are showing so like th- clips and kind of... I think that's what makes this movie succeed is that it looks... It looks rich. It looks like a lot of thought Jarred. and care. What? It looks, yeah, it looks, king, rich it looks kingly, yes. It looks yes, exactly. king rich. <laughs> it looks like everybody involved really took care to make everything as authentic as possible and it succeeds. Yes. Um, again, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's not going to be 
my favorite movie of the year. No. Um, but it's at the very least, it's a B plus. Yeah. You know, it's like a good B plus. Like happy, to, happy to watch it. Happy to recommend it to people. I was gonna say happy to watch again, but uh, yeah. Uh, but if they were on, I'll be flipping through and then yeah. I'll, I'll watch twenty minutes of it here and there. But like, yeah. And and I agree. I think the performances across the board are great. So let's talk briefly about Will. Yes. Thought he's great. I did too. <laughs> uh oh. But the one thing with Will Smith, and maybe there's a certain level of movie star that you get to. Sure. Or or even just, you know, celebrity, I guess. Because there are movie stars who are still able to pull this off. But it feels like when you reach a certain level of celebrity. Like, at no point... I think this is a great performance, so don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he does a very, very, very good job. Uh, yeah, I think he embodies Richard Williams. He does. There's physical things he's doing with, like, a certain hunch that Richard Williams has that's recognizable. At the same time, at no point when I'm watching this movie was I like, did I forget that it's Will Smith at sure. all? You know, sure. and, and it that's almost unfair because I don't think that's. Do you know what's interesting is on this note, Vulture put out a story today. I don't know if you saw this about prosthetics in movies no, and how this. increasingly this idea of a transformation. Right, right. Like actors getting praised for their transformation means just caking on a fat suit or a bunch of makeup or right. whatever. It, it, an example is Jared Leto in House of Gucci, who we'll talk about when we get to supporting actor. Yes, but it's this idea of like, wow, so brave that transformation. It's really all about sitting in the makeup chair for four hours every morning or whatever. Right. So I, I had this it's kind of been a, a long celebrated Hollywood thing. So I had this thought when I was watching Will Smith in this movie, cause I agree it's, it's Will Smith right. as Richard Williams. Right. And I it was never, but I almost liked that in an odd way where I was like, it didn't feel silly. Yeah, no, I, it, it's not, a criticism actually because sure. when i'm watching a will smith movie like this and it's this is certainly a, a serious movie and a serious performance but it's also not like it, it, it's a bit of like a family it, this isn't the highest possible level of like you know it, this isn't the godfather you know yeah sure sure it's not you know whatever your your example of that is yeah this is like a biopic like i want it to be will smith is my point. Yeah, sure. And like it's, it's impossible. It, it's, I don't want him to lose that Will Smith-ness even though he's playing a real person. Sure. Like, I don't, I, I'm glad I didn't forget that it was Will Smith. It, yeah, it, okay, it's, sure. Like, I think that's, like, a, I think that's a half knock on him in the best actor race from my personal opinion, but it's a half, it's a half knock up in my actual enjoyment of the movie. Well, it's also in like, weird, what is you know, that's that a weird dichotomy, but that's kind of how I see it. I understand what you're saying, but it's also like, what is he supposed to do? There's nothing he can do, right? It's like he can't. He's Will Smith. He's one of those famous people in the world. He's never, for a role like this, at least, he's never going to be able to really disappear into. It. And you think about his his mostly his like prestige stuff, like I don't know when he played Muhammad Ali. Right. That was Will Smith as Muhammad Ali. Yeah, there's just like that last level of, of massive movie stars where they can never quite escape that. Like, there's only a like, handful of them left, it feels like. Yeah, like I don't think Leo ever really can escape that anymore. I think Brad Pitt is 
for sure. Similar. Like as great a performance Clooney as they is give. always that way for me. It's always like, well, you're George Clooney, right? In this movie, exactly. Yeah, um, but there's only a handful of them left. The but like the, I, I, I want to say, well, I don't know if she can anymore. But Meryl Streep is right on that borderline where sometimes you're like just kind of Meryl blown me. away by the performance. But I think she's almost to a point now where it's like. This is you're watching Meryl. Yeah, sure, a little bit. I think it depends on the role for Meryl. Yeah, because Meryl, I think what Meryl gets away with is that she's not a hyper public person. Right, right, right. She's not like a huge like she's one of the most famous people in the world, but she's not like a she's not a celebrity in the way that Will Smith is exactly, a celebrity. exactly. You know, and and you compare him to someone like just as an acting example, like like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Can kind of disappear into these roles because he's not on that same level of where you're just like, I'm watching, this is Joaquin Phoenix. I've known everything he's done for the past 30 years. Well, it's almost like he's an actor, whereas Will Smith is like a celebrity. Well, yeah. It's like, it's almost like if I see Joaquin on screen, I was like, oh, the last time I saw Joaquin was probably three years ago in his last movie. (laughs) Right. right. It's like, he's not somebody who is just on the front page of people magazine like will smith just was or whatever right you know like it's 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 a different thing but and so yeah the, my point i guess is that at, at no point did i forget that i'm watching a will smith starring movie mm-hmm. and whether or not that you know whether that bothers me from a at all from a kind of merits of the performance yeah standpoint it's interesting it's interesting um one thing I have to say about this movie, yes, and maybe this is just this is probably just how Richard Williams talks, but the <laughs> amount of times that we're saying people's name this is this is actually an issue I have in a lot of movies, but the amount of times that people in movies say other people's names <laughs> is so much more than in real life. I like, think he really was like that, though. I think he was I, always exactly. But this is something that stood out to me in this movie. He but does it bothers say me. it bothers me in a lot of movies. Even in the Power of the Dog, there's a lot of saying someone else's name. Sure, but like the only time I have, like we've been hanging out for how many hours now? Too many. Yes. And I've said your name your name exactly once, and that was when I introed you in this podcast. Yeah. And if you if you do say my name, I I it's uncomfortable. Right, like uh, I'm like what what? When you're actually, what is your hair? I wish people could see your hair right now. Well, it's I was really, wearing, I was wearing a hat. It's really doing some interesting tricks. Is it? Uh, I don't know how to describe it. So like, like Hugh it Jackman is... and Wolverine. <laughs> no, it's I've never quite. Oh well, now he's messing with it. Anyway, so Will Smith. Okay, it's just taking on a life of its own. Uh, so Will Smith saying people's names too much okay interesting. it was a like he he, he says venus williams uh-huh. serena williams like yeah i want to say 400 times come on venus williams <laughs> yeah and you know that's probably just how richard talks but yeah. that's something that kind of always bothers me in movies yeah. because when you're like you can just see the person writing the script to the movie and they're writing like kind of almost reminding themselves of the other character's name, and so sure. they're writing that into the dialogue. But that's not how people talk. Interesting. But it probably is how Richard Williams talks. So I'm I'm giving them a pass. It's just something I'm noting about all movies. Fair enough. All right, I'll keep that in mind moving forward. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. What else jumped out to you in in this? 
I think that was it. I mean, I think it's it's a movie I would recommend. I think to anybody listening to this podcast, it's you know, like we said, it's it is in theaters, and I would support anybody going to see it in theaters just to support movie theaters. It's a little bit of the Belfast thing that we we talked about last yeah. week. Like this yeah. is a recommend it to basically anyone across the spectrum. Like, hey, should I watch this? You. Yeah, because not appeal- many people. I'd be like, no. That you, and this you might like even it. appeal to more people than Belfast in a way, because it, it's it, in essence a sports movie, and I think a very good sports movie. And I think people who were sports fans who have an appreciation for the history of sports would find a lot of it interesting. Yeah, the contract stuff, the figuring out how to best move your career. I mean, there's a lot of like. You know, it's fun. Like we said, John McEnroe, Pete Sampras, Jennifer Capriotti. Like these are like characters in the movie, and it, it never. And they nailed the they the, at least in the main roles they nailed the casting. Oh, the except the casting is so on point. The girls, I, I'm an asshole. I should have their names in front of me. But the girls who play Venus and Serena. So Sanaya Sydney played Venus, and Demi Singleton played. So Serena. particularly Venus, right? Because ultimately. This is a movie much more about Venus than it is Serena. So, right. so uh, what, I'm sorry, who plays Venus? Uh, Sanaya Sydney. She is really, really good. Yeah. She's really, really good. And it, it, it is that thing. Every I think in a movie like this, everything needs to be on point, And it was. And the performances the girl, are aces across the board. And I think the Serena role is tough, too, because she just kind of has to be, like, yeah. in the peripheral, like, yeah. clearly also charismatic, but, like, yeah. Kind of in the shadows and and upset about that, but not but like still kind of yeah. rooting out her sister is is a cool dynamic. I yeah I don't know I like I said will it make my top ten list for the year? No, but it's it's a movie that I uh, I appreciate, especially as a tennis fan. I, th- this is the type of movie that could that could be on the latter half of my top ten list. Pr- Maybe. I think pretty easily depending on the year. Like it's yeah. certainly not going to be a top three sort of contender, sure. but you know. Starting around six or seven, I think it's going to be in contention. Okay, we'll see. I mean, Depending that's, that's to the... come in the coming months on Popcorn Boys. I mean, oh, baby. When we get into our top ten list, wow, that's going to be a good time. Uh, shout out as well to the mother. Anjanae Ellis. Anjanae Ellis. Who is... She was excellent. And, yeah, and as we discussed last week, probably getting a supporting actress nomination... She kind of holds down the the well. I mean, Will's doing a lot of emotional work. Oh, as, she's great. She has well some here, scenes but... that you're like Oscar clip. Yes, yes. And it and they better show those goddamn clips of oh the my ceremony God. this show year. The show the clips. clips. Show every freaking clip. All right. So I think that's King Richard. Yeah, that is King Richard the Lionheart. <laughs> so, uh, mere hours ago, we returned from a screening of. The second movie we're going to discuss this week. Arf, 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 arf. Yes. Arf, 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 arf. I was waiting for that. The Power of the Dog. Yes. A movie that has been discussed a lot on this podcast just in terms of anticipation and awards chances. It's been at the top of all of these lists uh, all year long from director Jane Campion, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, the aforementioned, who is probably will smith's biggest challenger at this point for best actor oh sorry real quick yes i mentioned this last week when we were talking about kristen stewart as princess diana yeah my other anti will smith argument for best actor is just the biopicness and playing yes playing a real life person i'm never quite as on board yep um i agree when you're just some sort of historical figure figure and Richard um, Williams is a historical figure. 
Oh, he is actually. Um. Anyway, sorry. Back to uh, no. That, that's ben quite alright. So, of the Power of the Dog has been a movie that's been on the the top of my personal anticipation list for for most of the year. I've been very excited about it. This is a movie that's playing in theaters right now for a brief run, and then hits Netflix uh, next month, I believe. Um, here I have that. I should I should look that up for sure. I believe it's I think it's December second is the date that it's on uh, Netflix. But let me see. Can you vamp? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, so, The Power of the Dog. A lot of posters um, for The Power of the Dog at the Landmark. I think because that's... Oh, that was great. I love that so much. There were like six of them in, in the, the as we're walking up our way to... Uh, good hot dog at the Landmark today. December 1st. I was one day off. So, December 1st... <sighs> I was running out of things to vamp uh, so this So, a week from the date that this episode comes out... Um, Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, everybody. Think I can only imagine it, that everyone's listening to this around their Thanksgiving table. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, you start your meal and then you everyone shush. Everybody shush. They watch the power of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so December first, this is on Netflix. Yeah, but seriously though, if you're if you're struggling, you know. Yeah, honestly, with, with your families. Now's the time. Yeah, you know, your your family is is obnoxious or drunk or unvaccinated maybe, but, or, <laughs> maybe all three or um you know trump supporters whatever Ugh. so be it you yeah. know just, just 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 escape go for a walk around the neighborhood and pop listen. your headphones in and pop 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 it up and listen to us say things like i really like cody smith mcphee's performance <laughs> People throwing their AirPods into the fucking street. Uh, so the power of the dog. All right, your reaction. Go. I absolutely love this. Okay, good. Uh, I thought it was sensational. I'm glad this is oh, your take. no. What? Really? I hated this movie. What? Yes. I'm glad we didn't agree. You hated this movie? Yes. What are you talking about? I feel like everyone is lying. Oh, Kyle. This is my this is my rant. Everyone is lying. I, oh, this is your rant. Great. I spent like 20 minutes before we started trying to find someone online who's critical who's seen this movie and doesn't think it's very good. Oh, go to badopinions.net. It doesn't exist, and everyone is lying. I am I am shocked by this. I thought, not only did I absolutely love it, at one point during the movie, I thought, this for me is an sort of an era-defining movie. This is one of the best movies, I, this is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Ugh. I hated it. What? What? I... What okay. you need to go see it again now. No. You famously said I'm going to fall asleep when we went in. I didn't fall asleep. And then you ate your hot dog. Oh, it was so good. You drink your that little was, water. That was the best part. Um I can't I cannot believe this. I don't get what's going on here. Well, so I, how, I, how, how involved do we want to get in the plot here? I don't think we right. should get very involved because this isn't accessible for most people for another week. Yes, fair. Um, so we will avoid spoiling. So um, when you say that, do you – you what, do you just not 
quite understand what happened. I don't at all understand what happened. Really? I don't think that much happened. Oh. And I didn't – okay, hold on. This is, this movie's this obviously, is shocking behavior to me. Real quick. Shocking behavior. Let me, let me put this aside first because this movie is impeccably crafted. Oh, my God. Stunning. Um, I almost stood up and clapped a couple times. The, the, the kind of landscapes are great. Um, the, the, the mood is great. The music is great. Yes, yes, yes. We're on board. Yes. All these things are great, and, and it's a very well-put-together movie, so the, the, the kind of expectations, the stakes are higher here. I really So this, I this plays into me this. hating it because what the fuck? What are you talking about? All right, you you say this about a lot of. We're going to have to talk about this off Potter, and we're going to have to reconvene in a couple weeks when people have had a chance to see this. Fair. I hope. I mean, this is going to be great because this is going to get people to see the movie, and I want you to tweet at me hashtag 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 doggy power, and tell me your thoughts if you liked it. If you didn't like it, hashtag. Uh, doggy doo doo. I found this and the, don't even think the, about that. The story of this movie boring as hell. Oh my god! And this is an argument you make a lot about a lot of movies. Okay, I'm listening. Why do I care about any of these people? I don't think I could disagree more. First of all, let me say something. We're talking about actors on this episode which it goes against my entire personality to talk this long about men insane let me just say real quick kirsten dunst kirsten dunst kirsten dunst the best we have the best we have i think she is the best i'm gonna say this now <laughs> she is the best working actress her performance in this movie is sensational the things that she can do with her face without saying a word Unbelievable. The arc of this woman, the depth of this woman, the power of this woman, the power of the dog. Kirsten Dunst in this movie deserves the Oscar. Eh. Kirsten Dunst deserves the Oscar. Give eh. her the Oscar. Eh. What is taking so long? I love Kirsten Dunst. She is fantastic in this movie. I don't, I, I, you didn't care about her? She was kind of the only one that I had really any emotional attachment to. So when you don't care... So let's talk about Benedict Cumberbatch, the reason for the season. <clears throat> and Cody Smith and McPhee, the other reason for the season. There are two reasons for the season this week. What about Jesse Plemons? Does he, does he have He's a not getting nominated. Jesse, here's one thing I will say about Jesse. I mean, his character, I love Jesse Plemons. He kind of I'm disappeared. A, I'm a little, uh, not sick of, I, I'm a little, I feel kind of bad, excuse me, bad for him that he is constantly in these great movies, in my opinion. But he's, he, his role always kind of feels the same. He's always like the seventh most interesting character. He's always kind of like a straight man who's progressing the plot a little bit. I'm, I'm ready for his breakout, which I think is coming, right? He's in the Scorsese. Is yes. that right? Yes, I think he's the lead in it. Yeah, so that's going to be great. A lead role for Jesse Plemons is what we all deserve. I mean, and he's always been great in small roles. and other, like, Oh, he's, he's great. He's a standout in, in a lot of things. Yeah. It's just that, yes, I, I understand what you mean. Okay, so let's talk about Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, a character, it's, I'm shocked you didn't like this movie. Because you know what this movie really made me think of a lot was There Will Be Blood. Benedict, See, the, okay. Benedict Cumberbatch for me is sort of like Daniel Plainview's like 
weird eccentric brother. Except I have absolutely no idea what his motivations are. I mean, we will break this down. This it's I thought it was a fascinating story. I Did found, you just not get it? I, I certainly didn't get it. We can't Oh, okay. I'll call you on my way home. What's we'll up? <laughs> I just I don't what, But very plainly you understand what was happening. You know, on a basic much, level, right? yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. I mean, I don't know. Not that I understand the complete, like, I, I understand what happened. I don't know. It's a little vague or abstract about exactly how and why. Sort of. Yeah, I but mean. But I understand. If we're talking about, I think that's this the This is so fun I, for the people who have I think that's the, the thing I understood the most of the whole movie. Okay, sure. Is, is sure. what you're alluding to. Okay. But. Okay, so. But you, you say you don't care about these characters. So Kirsten, I cared about the other people. I didn't. I didn't really. I cared about what was happening to them. I didn't really care about them as people. I don't think any of them are are good people. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about good people versus bad people. I just you just didn't care about what was happening to them. Yes, which was a problem for me because oh. like I was so locked in. Truly thought to myself during this movie, this is one of the movies that I will look back on the early 2020s and say that movie defined that era of movies. Oh, see, I, I'm the complete opposite. I was. You're going to have to watch it again. You're going to have to go ahead and watch it again. I was going again. through it being like, this looks nice, and everyone is giving an admirable performance based on this script that I think is bad, and <sighs> there's there's nothing interesting happening here. I, I'm shocked. Good. I'm saddened. <laughs> I don't know where we go from here. But okay, so enough let's enough dancing around this movie that we can't talk about, which I'm sure is so fun for people. Let's talk about Benedict, which we sure. can talk about. It certainly doesn't sound like you liked his performance. I know I actually did. Oh. See, I think all the actors are are giving really good performances with really vague material. Vague. Now you say vague. I, yeah, I, I say it's... sort of nuanced. Right, and that's a. That, gotta, I think like, that's a fine maybe, line. You know, you and to be me, of it was... a certain, you know, mental sort of. But yeah, vague. I I think he is giving a good performance, but this this Daniel Plainview, it is not. Well, in my opinion, no, and I'm not saying his performance is necessarily on the level of Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood. I don't know that it's that far, baby. <laughs> I thought he was great. The scene of the year for me, and I, I bet it didn't even register with you. Scene of the year for me is Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of whistling in this movie. He can whistle. I mean, he should get an Oscar for whistling. <laughs> um, is he's in the woods with a handkerchief. And oh. that's the whole scene. That, what, do you mean, what do you mean this didn't register for me? I don't know. That to me was the that to me was like this is the this might be the best scene I see all year. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good scene. Oh, okay. I I, I understood what okay. was going on there. I, I don't know. I I I'm, I'm my mind is blown. I, left is right, up is down. I don't know what you're I don't know what you're gonna say next about this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I thought that his performance was fantastic. I thought he was equally eerie and menacing but also very funny and very funny yeah he's very fun Th this movie is like kind of funny in parts funny 
Yeah, I was laughing up a storm. This is one of the least funny movies I've ever watched. According to what you. was funny about this? He says so many funny things. Are you kidding me? His character is very funny. Like he's like an ass. He's a complete monster. Well, that's not true. <laughs> but he's oh, he's very funny. Some of his line readings are very funny. I thought he was great. Right. I thought I mean truly, it'll be one of my favorite performances of the year. And this is somebody who like never really cared about him in my life. Like it's always been like Benedict Cumberbatch. Like yeah, whatever. I don't take it or leave it. I've always liked him. I thought he was great. I thought he was great. And and if we're going to do the Cumberbatch versus Will Smith comparison, uh, I, I, w- I would give the Oscar to Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, w- Will Smith, to me, would be a, a worthy winner, and I, I wouldn't begrudge that at all. But, um, you know, I hope Cumberbatch is ultimately a nominee and gets remembered and, and rewarded throughout the, the season because I thought he was – I thought he was – great i think he is kind of performing the hell out of this role it's not i have no issues with his performance whatsoever that's yeah, not that's the not script deep. it's just like he's doing stuff oh sure i just don't care because of how the the movie is set up I we guess. almost we need we should do a power of the dog mini sode maybe we need to people who have I truly need to discuss this movie with you. <laughs> I mean, we will, obviously, privately, but it would be fun to do on the pod because I, people, I don't know, I think it would be a fun discussion to have. Phil Burbank. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, uh, I can't. What is this, Boogie Nights? <laughs> I know. Phil Burbank. And Jesse Plemons Burbank? I forget what his first name is. Um, George? I think that's right. George Fatso. Burbank. We'll go with Fatso. I love what Francis Conroy. Francis, I laughed out loud when Francis Conroy says, "Oh my God, you know what we have to talk? Hold on, there's one thing I have to talk about." Uh, when uh, Francis Conroy, who plays Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons' mom, she gets offered a drink, and she goes, "I'm not drinking one of the George's concoctions." <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you laugh oh, out loud during so that. So funny. <laughs> I love Francis Conroy. You know what we haven't talked about? She continues to hunt my life. Thomas and Mackenzie oh, yes. is in this movie doing her Thomas and Mackenzie thing. I forgot thing. about that. Yeah. Here she comes. Why does she talk like that? Why was she in this movie? Why does she talk like that? Nothing. Is that her voice or is that like her actress voice? <laughs> I'm serious. I think that's just her voice. She does the same thing in every movie. That's her voice. It must, but it's so weird. Uh, she's skipping along. I'm like, oh my god, here she comes again. I'm sure she's a very nice girl. It's just, I don't know that I, she's my favorite actress. Okay. So okay, so we talked about Benedict. So Cody Smith McPhee, uh, who is a favorite for best supporting actor for this movie, plays uh, the, uh, the Slender Man. Yes. <laughs> plays Kirsten Dunst's son, uh, and the movie ultimately sort of becomes about this. Uh, let's call it friendship that he forms with Benedict Cumberbatch's character, which is ultimately kind of the crux of the entire movie. Uh, I thought he was really good. Am I, am I maybe a little confused as to why maybe some people are pegging him as the front runner? Yes. I don't think that he is. And we're going off. I mean, me saying he's the front runner, that's going off a poll 
on <laughs> right. a forum. So who knows? I I don't think if I had to pick a winner right now, it would be him. Yeah, you're talking predictively. Predictively, yeah. I, do I think that he's winning the Oscar for that performance in that movie? I just don't see it, especially when uh, Belfast exists, a movie that we talked about last week. And I feel like not a lot of people are talking about Syrian Hines yeah. winning for that movie. And I don't really see why. That feels like a very quintessential, respected actor in the Best Picture winner. It just feel, That just feels way more likely to me yeah. than Cody Smith McPhee winning. But I don't... We'll see. I, I just... I'm not sure. Regardless... I wouldn't be shocked if this goes... In, in Cody's direction here where it's just like becomes a this is a, a breakout performance and mm-hmm. but I, I kind of agree with you I, that, that I don't think it is going to win I mean I don't think so either I mean I, and I wouldn't I would I wouldn't hate to be wrong on that I mean it would be kind of a cool winner I think um but I just don't know that I necessarily see it happening so um is it should we get into the uh yeah, let's look at the list. So why don't we start? Since we're talking, since we're talking supporting right now, why don't we start here? So these are the uh, current odds according to the Awards Watch forums for Best Supporting Actor. Right now, these would be the five nominees in order. Uh, number one, Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Number two, the aforementioned Syrian Hines for Belfast. Number three, Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. Number four, Jamie Dornan, the aforementioned for Belfast. And number five, the aforementioned Jared Leto for House of Gucci. So those would be your five uh, very white nominees for Best Supporting Actor. The runners-up right now would be, uh, again, the aforementioned John Bernthal for King Richard. He's in six. Number seven would be J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos. Yes. And number eight would be Jonah Hill for Don't Look Up. Three very white, straight runners-up. Uh, uh, it's a very it, it, quick shout out to performances please. that I liked this year. That um, okay, well, that's actually not what we're talking about. But yeah, well, I don't care. I feel like they should be in this discussion. Okay. Um. Uh, I liked Adrian Brody in the French Dispatch. I liked Adrian Brody in Succession. <laughs> so, so did I. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I liked Ben Affleck in The Last Duel. Sure. And I liked. I hope this is how you pronounce his name. Troy. Kotzer? Kotzer? I'm going to... Kotzer? Coda. In Coda, yeah. Which is one of my... Uh, definitely my, one of my favorite performances of the year. Thought he was great. Yeah, for sure. Um, that we, we were saying this earlier, but I think they're... He is somebody who I think could build a narrative as the season goes. Uh, who? Troy. Kotzer for, for Coda. Oh. I think that he, out of... Out of I don't know, a lot of fringe contenders. If he starts to pick up any speed, sort of like a Paul Racing in Sound of Metal last year, I think he could be sort of a passion pick for right. a lot of people. Uh, it feels like a pretty barren category at this point, to be honest. Um, it's missing uh, diversity, for sure. And it's missing, yeah, and it's... It's missing, kind of missing that, like, villainous sort of supporting, you know, foil to... to um, to a lead somewhere just in here not, that we've well, seen get nominated and win many times before. Do you know what a thought I had though is this what I do appreciate about this category is that it does feel like a supporting category. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so often it's like he's in what? These all feel I mean Jamie Dornan is eh, that's borderline, yeah. He's close, but it feels like these are the supporting actors in their movies. And I appreciate that. 
And maybe that's why it feels a little barren is because it's like, really? But I think we're, we've gotten maybe a little bit used to heftier performance being performance. Well, like Daniel Kaluuya here. won supporting actor last year, which sure. was insane. It was obviously a lead performance. Yeah. So I do appreciate that these, these are supporting performances in their movies. Um, it's going to be interesting. If I, I mean, gun to my head, I mean, we did this with our Oscars draft, which God forbid, I, I, to even go back and listen to that, to pick who we drafted. Do you know who I drafted number one in this category? I remember. Um, I don't know if he was number one overall, but I remember I drafted him first. I'm not sure. Jesse Plemons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And. I think I picked Bradley Cooper first. That's pretty good. Cooper, to me, I don't think. Is going to be a winning performance by all accounts. Yeah, I've avoided almost all info about um, that, so I'm not even really sure. Yeah, so I don't know. It'll be it's it'll be a fun category to monitor, especially after you know seeing you know some of these contenders in such quick succession. You know. Yes. Um. Okay. So let's uh, go. John Bernthal thoughts. Oh sure. Yeah. Good. Good question. Since we um, saw him in King Richard. When I sort of saw his name being tossed around as a contender, I was like, oh boy, like this category must be really week like he must like it just felt like he wasn't gonna have much to do uh his role is bigger than i thought um and he sells it he does a good job at any point am i thinking wow this should be an oscar nominated (laughs) performance uh no agree but he kind of epitomizes what works about this movie sure that like he's just enjoyable he's He's very good he's very good yeah yeah he's pleasant the whole time he's funny yeah he is funny uh in, in the way that the entire cast is yeah no he's good um all right should we do best actor so we've spoiled one and two obviously throughout this so benedict cumberbatch will smith one and two number three right now according to the poll denzel washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. yep number four leonardo dicaprio for don't look up and number five currently bradley cooper for nightmare alley who would be uh getting double nominations also there's no way this wouldn't be the most star-studded acting category in acting history. If it's that five. Cumberbatch, Will Smith, Denzel, Leo, Bradley. That's insane. There's yeah. no way that's ever happened, which makes me think it's not going to. <laughs> um, the runner's up. Sorry. See. The runner's up here. Six, seven, and eight. Number six would be Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, yep. which is out now. Uh, number seven would be Peter Dinklage for Cyrano. And number eight, according to the poll, is the aforementioned Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, okay. For Come On, Come On, a movie I'm uh, very excited to see and will be at some point soon, and we'll be reporting back. Oh. On the podcast, I mean, yeah. Um, Shout-outs to Dev Patel in The Green Knight. Sure. Um, Hold on, uh, give me one second here. He doesn't know how to pronounce somebody's name. No, no, no. Oh. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember the movie? What was Javier Bardem in? What? He's in Being the Ricardo. Oh right, right. Yeah. So sorry. This wasn't. This was my like extended. Oh, interesting. Oh, list, so you're listing people. I was confusing it with my shout out list. Seen. Okay. Co- correct. Yes. Uh, just as as still potential contenders. Sure. Um, Adam Driver, House of Gucci. Um, could could theoretically crash the party here, and one that you just saw this past week, right? Simon Rex. Oh, man. I know. I haven't even talked about Red Rocket yet. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I Because I am, uh, you know, as, as I've said before on this podcast, a member of LA's media elite, um, <laughs> I was invited to an advanced screening of Red Rocket, 
the new movie uh, from director Sean Baker, who has stepped in some controversy this week that we won't get into, but um, he directed The Florida Project, uh, Tangerine, years back. Uh, this is this new movie starring Simon Rex of MTV fame. Uh, it, I really, really... What is he famous for? He was like an MTV like VJ. Oh, really? Yeah. Right? I'm not sure I knew his story. His whole... Hold on. Let's go to the Simon Rex wiki. Used to be my homepage. Um, he gives a performance in Red Rocket that I... Yeah, you're right. MTV VJ. Absolutely loved. Absolutely loved. I don't think he's coming anywhere near Oscar, though, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but he's he's fantastic in it. Well, we wanted to shout him out since you yeah, just saw you. that. Yeah, and he thought you. it was great. Oh, the things I do. For my own, my only extended shout out was Dev Patel, I guess. Sure. Um, pretty stacked year for best actor. I th- sort of the opposite of a best supporting actor. It feels like where we're. I think we're gonna have a lot of heavyweights vying for the. For sure, like you. Spots here. Yeah, you you know Denzel as Mc, as Macbeth is is. That feels pretty going good. all that in. That feels pretty locked. We have well, a, I don't want to say locked, but that feels pretty good. Right. We have the, this this Leo performance is is an interesting one because when this movie kind of first rolled out its first trailer and before pe- we got any reactions to it, it was kind of like, okay, this this looks all right and he's yeah. doing something. But then now that people have started seeing it, they're like, no, no, Leo is going to be in the conversation. And it, it provides a little bit of a foil here. It looks to be essentially kind of a comedic performance from Leo, at least more than we're used to. Uh, I think that might, that might help him out. Um, and then I think the big question mark really is Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley, a movie that right. has, has seemingly kind of taken a hit uh, just because of the fact that I think the latest trailer didn't do that much for people. And it's just getting passed by by these movies that have already been seen. Um so I, I'm not really quite sure what to make of Nightmare Alley in general and Bradley Cooper's chances specifically, but we'll see. How do you feel about the chances of the guy from the movie Wolf who plays <laughs> the titular wolf person? Oh, God. Is he going to be – If I have to see the wolf trailer one he gonna more time. Is going to be in the running? Uh, what about uh, Ansel Elgort? You think he's getting a West Side Story push? Okay. Are you done? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just, start my, just I'm sure starting I'm my push next year for Channing Tatum getting in for dog. <laughs> That's gonna be my big push next year. I'm just making sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Matrix uh, Resurrections. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is getting nominated for an Oscar. Oh, for you know the what? Matrix Resurrections. We did forget one. We forgot about uh, Zachary Levi playing Kurt Warner in <laughs> American Underdog. Well, if we're doing this, let's whole, go. If we're doing this, whole, well, you know what? No, I want to. S- I want to save my shout-outs for whenever we do our top 10 performances. Oh, Because I, mean, you know, I, was, I was about to bring somebody up, and then I, I'm going to Okay, I'm all gonna right, save, save it. it. I'm going to save, save it. it. Uh, was it Zachary Levi in American it was, Underdog yeah, as Kurt Warner? Yeah, it I was, knew it. unfortunately. I knew it. Was. it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I, we, we are going to see that movie. Oh, we should have a live podcast from the theater after on we Christmas Day. see yes. the Kurt Warner story. <laughs> yeah, interview people coming up. Oh, yeah gonna interview uh, dick vermeil <laughs> is he still alive i was just about to ask that i feel like i've seen the like the still of him with his name and his <laughs> date of birth and date of death Hold on, on you the have bottom to guess. of it and you, if okay well you either have to guess how old he i'm gonna is. say even though i feel like i've seen that still maybe i have i'm gonna say he's alive and that he's 86 wow 
Alive in 85. Oh, so close. He's been married to his wife since 1956. Wow. Good for him. Good job, Dick. Is he a monster? Dick Vermeil? Good job, Dick. <laughs> no, he's a... Uh, he's a... Uh, I mean, he could be a monster. I don't know. But he's... He's... I believe he's well known as like a really nice guy. Who's yeah. Oh, emotional all the time. and Yeah. Oh, good for you, Dick Vermeil. Anyway, uh, all right. I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job summing up where things stand with both of those races. So your choice would be Benedict right now? Uh, personally, you, well, you think he's giving the best performance. Do you think Between he... him and Will, you mean? Or in general all year? Because I haven't necessarily thought about that. He would be at the top regardless. But if, if, we're, okay. if we're choosing Benedict versus Will right now, I would give the edge to Benedict, yeah. You think he, you think he's going to win, or this is no? Your I would still I that would be personally I would vote for him. I still would give the okay. I I, I, I still think I think Will, Will has, has the, edge the edge as well. Agreed. Yes, I think Will has the edge. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and part of it is I think there are going to be people like me who are just kind of out on this movie. You're the only person in the world who doesn't like this movie. It's that's false. You're the only one in the world. That's false. People, it's. It's not going to be particularly accessible for many people. That's not my problem. In the Academy. That's not my problem. I'm talking I'm just the talking Academy. for Oscar. I'm talking for Oscar chances. People no. They're gonna look this is this it's my, this to me is a very accessible movie. Oh, it's the literally the opposite of that. That you you're I think you think the word accessible means the opposite of what it means. <laughs> what? Whatever. We'll live. Listen. You, you, de- the power you describe the dog this movie fans, as accessible? I am so excited. King Richard is accessible. Sure, but you're saying it's... Okay, fine. You said it's You said it's not... I, I don't think it's completely inaccessible. Uh, Pretty close. Whatever. We're going to discuss this later. <laughs> I think we do this in two weeks. We're going to give people one week. This comes out December 1st. Two episodes from now, we're having a discussion about what happened to this movie. All right. I'm going to have forgotten everything. Do I have to watch it again? Yeah, you do. And it's going to be... Maybe we, we should sit down and watch it together and I'll walk you through it. I'll explain oh, it to you. Actually... Like, okay, so what's happening here? I know it's... we do a live watch-along podcast? Honestly, that's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Let's do it. The Power of the Dog Live. Wow. Oh, my God. Is no. there a way to have negative listeners to an episode? Because... Well, we, we've certainly tried. <laughs> yeah, certainly tried. Uh, all right. Well... <clears throat> Oh God! Here I think go. it's that time. I always forget this is coming. And is every that time, time I have you're to... like ready to wrap the show. And I'm yeah, like, all, all right. right, here we go. <laughs> now the moment everyone's been waiting for. No, I, I. Oh God! All right, here we go. Everybody's favorite. All right, so this I went a little basic bitch here this week. Well, yeah, based. I mean, this whole episode has been basic bitch for you, King Richard. I actually really loved it. Power of the dog <laughs> didn't get it. Not for me. I hated it. Yeah, I know. I one of your worst takes. No. And you wore a winter hat to the movie. <laughs> I didn't wear it in the movie. I had it with me in case I was cold. You brought we just like to unpack that real quick. You brought a winter hat Correct. into the movie theater in case you were cold. Movie theaters are always freezing. Well, I famously never been cold in my life, but to, you it's seven degrees too cold in every movie theater. No, it's perfect. Although I was it, blasting your AC earlier, by the way. Although if it was seven degrees warmer, I would fall asleep in every movie. Well, that's true. You got a hot dog in your stomach. Oh, I really can't. Almost fell asleep anyway because this movie was so boring. <sighs> you 
Just get, just do your stupid list. All right, basic bitch edition. It's Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, top ten Thanksgiving foods. Let's go. This is gonna be hastily so prepared. Dumb. This is hastily prepared. Number two, crackers. Don't forget, hastily prepared top ten uh, best Thanksgiving food in honor of Thanksgiving, which you're probably listening to this in the middle of your meal. You're actually disinvited from my family's Thanksgiving. <laughs> After your power of the dog. Wow. Your power of the dog thoughts. You're gone. Well. I'm gonna. I'll check in with your with your family about that. <laughs> They'd probably hate this movie too. <laughs> All right, number ten, uh, cranberry in a can. Oh, okay. Uh, the gelatized me. version. Now, do you remember? Okay, well, is cra- is cranberry other wise on this list? No. Well, you do know that I make cranberry sauce. What you've eaten? I make a homemade cranberry sauce every year. Actually, fresh orange, that sort of thing. Sure. So that, that, I don't dislike that. You've eaten it before, I'm sure. I don't dislike it, but okay. uh, I I I think it was one of those things where it was what I had when I was a kid, and I kind of oh, it's great. Just that, like, but it's you, like, it's oh, like you're opening on. a can of cat food, and it's just a little. Well, I used to in gelatinous blob of cranberry jelly. In college, and it's so good. in college, I used to eat cranberry sauce out of a jar a lot, like all the time, because it was so cheap. <laughs> It was like a dollar ninety nine. I would literally eat the cranberry sauce out of a jar. You want to get a stomach ache? Eat one of those entire cans by yourself. And it took me. <laughs> this sounds terrible. Oh, it's, I mean, I just was hungry. Uh, hold on. Cran- a lot of cranberry no. bogs in my hometown. Did you know that? I don't know what that is. Is that the duck boat? No, cranberry bogs. Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. Is that Wade Boggs' sister? Cranberry Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cranberry. If you drive in around my uh, my hometown and the surrounding towns, and to be clear, I would never do that. You'll drive past quite a few cranberry bogs. Wait, no, what? I don't know what that is. Is it like this thing that brings up the cranberries? So, cranberries are grown in a in a bog. So okay, so that doesn't help me understand what that. Well, is. let me get to the point, so you can pay attention. Here, this is. I realized this one day after I'd been eating cranberry sauce out of a jar for like months and months and months how many calories are in one of those jars (laughs) the answer is 450 so after 700 stomach aches oh yeah i was like huh i should check interesting okay yeah 48 percent of your daily sugar it's a bit high well i was hungry and poor so nothing's uh, changed a cranberry bog is basically a large field you know the size of maybe a football field Oh, pretty young. It's a little... 100 yards, some would say. It's a little sunken. And so when the cranberries are ripe, they flood the entire field, and all the cranberries float to the surface, and then then the workers go and just scoop them off. Now, are you meaning to tell me cranberries grow underground? No. In water? They're, They're in a field. A field. No water involved. Oh, you did say field. And then when they are ripe, you flood the field. Oh, and then you get the bog out there. And then the then berries, cranberry, but you got to call cranberry. Float, the, the berries float, and then you just scoop them off the surface. Got it. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool to actually watch too. Okay. Well. Uh, so number ten, cranberry jelly in a can. Number nine, wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> wine is the only alcoholic beverage, the only beverage actually at all in my top ten Thanksgiving beverages. Well, there's gonna get ready. What? I mean, you. I mean, wine on Thanksgiving is obviously great, but why? In particular, wine on Thanksgiving just hits different. But I love, and it's it doesn't quite hit the same 
in California when it's like a warm weather, but like Thanksgiving in a cold weather climate, I love like a hot apple cider. Oh yeah, no, that's with a good some call. like rum or didn't whiskey make my list, but that's a good call. Yeah. Good call, good call. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we'll, we'll speed through the rest of these here. Number eight, turkey. <laughs> wow. Feels kind of low. No, turkey's good, but it's more – it's better as a uh, just kind of vehicle for all the delicious sides. Um, number seven, top ten Thanksgiving foods, a blueberry pie. Blueberry With a scoop pie. of vanilla ice cream. Blueberry pie. It's the only okay. pie on my list, my favorite pie. Hey, well, you better bring one on Thursday because I don't think there's going to be one. I'm going to. Uh, number six, sweet potato. Okay. Uh, some people – Out of the can – <laughs> no, some people like the the one with like the marshmallow on top. Yeah, and that's pretty good. But it, I used sometimes like that. that's child's play. It gets a little rich at times. Child's play. If you put marshmallow in your sweet potatoes, child's play. Number five, gravy. <laughs> oh, just tasting gravy. Tasting everything up. Is that I'm afraid tasting tasting everything up? gravy. Tasting everything oh, up. A regular, I'm oh, Don Draper. Over you should have worked. Yeah, you should have worked in advertising. <laughs> Uh, number four. Now this might be controversial, but it's the the uh, number four best Thanksgiving food is the mash up late night plate. Oh, of course. Where it's just sure. It doesn't matter what's on it. You just pile whatever's left onto a plate, sure. warm it up, and boom. Are you a sandwich guy? Uh, yeah. You'd rather do the mash up though. I like the mash up. Do the late night. And part of that is because. <laughs> Please, part move, of that on. Because Please number... move on from that. <laughs> part of that is because number three. Oh, rolls. Sorry. Roll. Oh, you got to lower roll. Oh, give me a good roll. Got to love roll a roll. Roll might be too low on my list, actually. Wow. You know what? No, no I'll, I'll leave no, it at three. I'll leave it at three. You can't change the Number order. two, mashed potatoes. Classic. Just classic Thanksgiving dish. Of course. Um, And number one is, you know, goes without saying. Stuffing. Of course. Stuffing is Thanksgiving. It's just bread, you know? Well, How bad could it be? Well, number three is rolls for Ooh, me. Good so point. Wow, well, big starch two, guy. Two Wait, breads did Belichick? We haven't talked about that. What? We haven't talked about your Patriots' favorite Thanksgiving foods. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you noticed Mac that. Jones says he doesn't like pie. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you don't like pie, you're not my guy. <laughs> well. And then Jerry Judon, what did he say? Matt Judon. What did I say? Jerry. <laughs> uh, Matt, my, Matt my, Grand Valley, my Grand Valley State brethren. Brethren? Brother. I didn't go there, of course, but. Matt Judon hates mac and cheese. Does he hate Mac Jones? Yes. And as, if someone, if there's another player. Do you think Matt Judon shows? I think they call Mac Jones mac and cheese, actually. <laughs> mac and cheesy, more like. Uh, mac and, mac and cheese, you'll notice, didn't make my top ten. But Who's Jerry Judon? Who am I thinking? You're thinking of Jerry Judy. I guess. Former Alabama receiver now playing for the Broncos. Probably. Jerry anyway. Judon. I don't think that's anybody. Well, I know that's not anybody. I know, but I'm... Jerry think, Judy, Matthew Judon. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Judon shows up to Thanksgiving dinner in the red sleeves? <laughs> do you think he just wears those in public everywhere he goes? Absolutely. He's very... I he was basically like, if you bring mac and cheese to my Thanksgiving, we have to fight. <laughs> it's like he what, is, what a weird It was take. a good quote. It, it was – hold on. Let me um, – Oh, God. Let me find his exact quote. It was pretty funny. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. Where is it? Damn it. Basically, Anyways. you can't trust any of these Filibuster. Oh, Siri is talking to Here it is. Siri, shut up. Matt Judon is on a crusade, crusade against mac and cheese. It's just cheese and noodles. It's not that good. 
get it off the table, the bathrooms will be less busy and everybody will have a better day. <laughs> that's honestly one of the worst, weirdest takes I've ever heard. That's, that's worth it's a great not quote. liking. I like mac and cheese, but that's a, that's I not, appreciate that opinion because it's not funny. liking mac and cheese is that's almost a worse take than not liking Power of the Dog. Says the guy who doesn't eat cheese. Guess what I had for dinner sitting on this stupid couch last night. Last night was that last night? When did I get that? It was God. That was last night. <laughs> You've spent a lot of time on this couch in the last. Like, I know. Three spent or four the days. night here last night. Spent <laughs> that the was night. not last night. Oh, I didn't. Right. Spent the night here. It's like four nights ago. Spent the night here Saturday, but then yeah, got here at seven a.m. Because wait morning. for it, you locked yourself out of your apartment. <laughs> I didn't lock. No. Yes, you did. I didn't lock myself out. I forgot my keys somewhere. Okay. Well, what's the difference? I don't know. Just because your keys Lock. were inside your apartment? Yeah. I knew where the keys were. Yeah, simple mistake. People make mistakes. I'm free. <laughs> you know, I, I admit it. I make mistakes sometimes. Even me. Well, Even me. Like your opinion on the power of the dog. Please. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I the power of the dog is one of these perfect movies that <sighs> is going to get a lot of Oscar buzz. May even win a few and everyone's going to be like, oh, it's so good. And then no one will ever watch it again. That, you're, you're completely wrong. You're completely wrong. It's an era-defining movie. It's Ugh. an era-defining movie. I mean, <laughs> you heard it here first. It's no Dune, I'll tell you that much. Oh, this is ten times better than Dune. Dune defines the era much more is than Is Dune going to be your favorite Best Picture nominee? No, probably no, not. Because no, no. you're, you're going to be a licorice pizza guy. Oh, for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, recap in the top 10 Thanksgiving foods. Number 10, cranberry in a can. Number 9, wine. Number 8, turkey. Number 7, blueberry pie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Number 6, sweet potato. Number 5, gravy. Number 4, the the mashup late night plate. Number 3, rolls. Number 2, mashed potatoes. And number 1, stuffing. Of course. Well, Kyle, happy Thanksgiving to you. I I'm so sad you're not invited to my family's Thanksgiving table anymore after your <laughs> terrible takes on today's show. But I do hope that you can find a home and, and, and maybe in that time, really think about what's going on with you internally, mentally. The to make power you not of the turkey. <laughs> that would have been a better movie. The power of the turkey. Justice for that rabbit. Yeah, there. Well, this won't be a spoiler, but if you don't like seeing dead animals, Power of the Dog might not be for you. Don't worry, it's not a dog. Yeah, no dogs were harmed in the filming of this movie, but yeah. a lot of other animals seem to be. But hey, that's what horse seemed to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Why are we slapping this horse around? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week on the Popcorn Boys. Uh, we'll see what happens post Thanksgiving episode. No, we're got... doing a Paul Thomas Anderson episode. That's what's well, happening. Well, but House of Gucci also comes out this weekend. Okay, we'll talk about that too. We'll we'll do a Ridley Scott episode. Oh my God, yeah, people love that <laughs> part. Our least, our least listened to episode. So let's talk about Ridley Scott again. Licorice Pizza, which we will hopefully see in its limited release this weekend. Would it be fun if we eat a licorice pizza while? Doing the podcast. Mm. Real quick. Twizzlers or Red Vines? Twizzlers or Red Vines? You have to answer now. Red Vines, I guess. I don't really like yeah. either. I Just when you think it can't get any worse. <laughs> you don't like Red Vines? They're mediocre. Were you ever cool enough to bite off both ends of a Red Vine to use as a straw? 
You probably weren't cool enough for that. No, yeah, you probably weren't cool, cool enough for that behavior. <laughs> um, also, big, big movie out this week. Resident Evil, uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, so. now I just... There's raccoons out there, not to walk home. Oh, yeah. I... Right. You know... I'm so... I am not afraid to admit that I'm scared of raccoons. They're cool. Raccoon are like geese. You're scared of geese? Yeah, aren't... Yeah. Yeah, everyone's scared of geese. Like Canadian goose? Yeah. What's I mean, good they, for the they goose is not you. good for the Daniel. <laughs> they hiss at you. And they run at you. Have you ever had a goose run at you? Yeah, but I chase them right back and they... they no. They back down. No. No, no. That's not how that works. I I'm, I'm going to run into a raccoon on the way home and it's going to be absolutely terrifying. Oh, I've never wanted anything more. That guy was just... Doo, 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 he was, he was right street. in front of your building, too. I, Kyle, I know. Scooting right in front of your doorway. Oh, God, please, God, please, God, (laughs) please, God. Don't do this to me. Not before House of Gucci. (laughs) Uh, All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy enjoy my top 10. I mean, I like how I'm saying Happy Thanksgiving. I assume most people are listening to this well after Thanksgiving. No, they're listening to it at their Thanksgiving tables. Well, they better be. Tell it when I said hi. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Uh... (laughs) But yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, you got to see Power of the Dog, whether it's in theaters or on Netflix next week. And you can all tell Kyle how wrong he is about Please one of the come era. At, come at me. The era-defining movies of our time. Come at me. I'll be stuffing my face with stuffing. <laughs> and rolls. <laughs> I'll be stuffing myself with wine. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay. Good night. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>